Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, folks. Uh, it is January 1st, 2023. Uh, this is the fourth year that we have done this project. Yes, the fourth calendar year. The fourth, 2020, 2021, 2022. The fourth calendar year in which we are podcasting Infinite Jest. Welcome to Infinite Cast, your pod Jest. Uh, that's what we're doing here. Uh, we are in the uh, the red zone, the, 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 the NFL the, red zone, the NFL red zone of this book. Yeah, we're we're getting we're getting in there. Yeah, last hundred hundred hundo pages. Uh, less, yeah, ju- just about. I think I think we'll depending on how fast this goes today, we can be within a range of the last hundred pages of full like text, not not endnotes. Isn't yes. that crazy? Is that's wild. Who could have guessed that we would have kept up with this uh, thing this long? Not me. Certainly nobody else who has tried to do something like this <laughs> because everybody gives up because they're losers. <laughs> wow. They're losers, Eddie. Losers, Eddie, just like me. <laughs> uh, yes, that is the thing that we bring to the table more than anyone else is our uh, commitment to the bit. Stubborn, stubbornness. Here's the, th- here's the thing. If you start a podcast project with a uh, discrete goal in mind, uh, even if nobody ever listens to it and you give up, then you've fucked up. <laughs> you got to see it through to the the end. You got to do it. I you got you must. Yes, you must. You must. Oh, is that I was trying to think of what that was from. It was from the young the young pope you when must. when Jude Law is praying for a woman to have a baby, right? Yeah, and he's you must. He's, and he's talking to God. <laughs> he's commanding God to make a woman pregnant. You, you oh must. God. Oh, crazy the shit. The young the young pope. Very good. Very good. Anyway, right. uh, speaking, the the old Pope died also. R- Rip Bozo. R- I would say Bozo. rest. I don't know about in peace. He, <laughs> se- he seems like he was not not good. I'm I'm a fa- I'm more of a fan of the newer Pope than that la- the last one. Fra- Francis is an improvement. <laughs> it's so wild to retire as Pope. I didn't realize he got. I guess it's unprecedented, but he got to live in v- the Vatican in a state of like quiet prayer. I'm like, you fucking asshole. Well. I mean, what else is he? Gonna I mean, do? better better in there than yeah. than out here. You say you're outside, but you ain't that outside, shall we? Yes, let's get into it. We're back with Hal. Tennis on. I went down the hall to take out the tobacco and brush my teeth and rinse out the spiroutine can, which had gotten an unpleasant crust along the sides. The subdorm halls were curved and had no corners as such, but you can see at most three doors and the jam of the fourth from any point in the hall before the curve extrudes into your line of sight. I wondered briefly whether it was true that small children believed their parents could see them even around corners and curves. The high winds moan and doors rattle were worse in the uncarpeted hall. I could hear faint sounds of early morning weeping in certain rooms beyond my line of sight. Lots of the top players start the AM with a quick fit of crying, then are, bas- <laughs> then are basically hale and well-wrapped for the rest of the day. The walls of the subdorms hallways are dinner mint blue. The walls of the rooms themselves are cream. All the woodwork is dark and varnished, as is the guillache that runs below all ETA ceilings, and the dominant order odor in the hallways is always a mixture of varnish and tincture of benzoin. Someone had left a window open by the sinks in the boys' room, and a hump of snow lay on the sill, and on the floor beneath the window by the sink on the end, whose hot water pipe shrieks, was a parabolic dusting of snow, already melting at the apex. I turned on the lights and the exhaust fan kicked on with them. For some reason I could barely for some reason I could barely stand its sound. When I put my head out the window, the wind came from nowhere and everywhere, the snow swirling in funnels and eddies, and there were little grains of ice in the snow. It was 
Is this the first time that we have encountered Hal in first person? Uh, m- more or less, yeah, I think. Uh, Besides the beginning, of course. And, I am in here. Yes. W- was there a scene with Mario in which he's speaking first person? There's conversations between the two of them, but I think this is the first like I moment. Yeah. Besides, again, besides the beginning. The beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was brutally cold. Across the east courts, the paths were obscured, and the pines' branches were near horizontal under their snow's weight. Stitt's transom and observation tower looked menacing. It was still dark and snow-free on the lee side facing Com Ad. The sight of distant Asthme fans displacing great volumes of snowy air northward is one of the better winter views from our hilltop, but visibility was now too poor to make out the fans, and the liquid hiss of the snow was too total to make out whether the fans were even on. The headmaster's house wasn't much more than a humped shape off by the north tree line, but I could picture poor C.T. at the living room window in leather slippers and scotch plaid robe, seeming to pace even when standing still, raising and lowering the antenna of the phone in his hand, with several calls out already to Logan, MIA Dorval, WeatherNet 9000's recorded update, heavy-browed figures in Quebec's Onanta office, <laughs> C.T.'s forehead a washboard, and lips moving soundless as he brainstormed his way to, toward a state of total worry. <laughs> We, of course, remember that the Quebecois kids are coming uh, to town. And are being kidnapped. And are being kidnapped. Or or rather hijacked or something. Yeah. Yeah. I brought my head back in when I could no longer feel my face. I made my little ablutions. I hadn't had to go to the bathroom in a serious way in three days. The digital display up next to the ceiling's intercom read 1118 EST0456. When the whap-whap of the bathroom door subsided, I heard a quiet voice with an odd tone further up around the curve of the hallway. It turned out that good old Orthostice was sitting in a bedroom chair in front of a hall window. He was facing the window. The window was closed, and he had his forehead up against the glass, either talking or chanting to himself very quietly. The whole lower part of the window was fogged with his breath. I came up behind him, listening. The back of his head was that shark-belly gray white of crew cuts so short the scalp shows through. I was more or less right behind his chair. I couldn't tell whether he was talking to himself or chanting something. He didn't turn around even when I rattled my toothbrush in the NASA glass. He had on his classic darkness wear, black sweatshirt, black sweatpants on which he'd had a red and gray ETA silkscreen down both legs. His feet were bare on the cold floor. I was standing right beside the chair and he still didn't look up. Who's that now? He said, staring straight ahead through the window. Hi, Orth. Hal, you're up kind of early. I rattled my toothbrush a little to indicate a shrug. You know, up and about. What's the matter? What do you mean? I asked. Your voice. Shoot, are you crying? What's the matter? My voice had been neutral and a bit puzzled. I'm not crying, Worth. Well then, Stice breathed out onto the window. He reached up without moving his head and scratched the back of his crew cut. Up and around. We going to play some furners out there today or what? Oh, right. Ortho is from um, like Oklahoma or something. He's the one who's, um, who, whose mother is the bride and his, uh, do you remember this story? Like no. <laughs> he, he, te- he tells stories uh, to um, his, he's, uh, he's, I think 16 and the rest of them are 17 or 18. And he, he entertains them with stories at lunchtime about his mother and father who are like, I think Oklahoman kind of like uh trailer trash okay <laughs> so <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it remember anyway that. he's he's uh he's got a rural twang to him great anyway we're gonna we, we're gonna play some furners out there today or what for the past 10 days i'd always felt worst in the early a.m before dawn there's something elementally horrific about waking before dawn 
The window was unobscured above the darkness's breath line. The snow wasn't swirling or pummeling the window as much on the building's east side, but the lee side's absence of wind showed just how hard new snow was coming down. It was like a white curtain endlessly descending. The light, uh, the sky was lightening here on the east side, a paler gray-white, not unlike Stice's crew cut. I realized that from his position, he could see only condensed breath on the window, no reflections. I made a few grotesque, distended, pop-eyed faces at him behind his back. They made me feel worse. I rattled the brush. Well, if we do, it's not going to be out there. It's drifting up about to the tape on the west nets. They'll have to try to get us indoors somewhere. Stice breathed. There's no indoor places got 36 courts, Inc. Winchester Club's got 12 is maybe the most. Fucking Mount Auburn's only got eight. They'll have to move us around to different sites. It's a pain in the ass, but Stitt's done it before. I think the real variable will be whether the Quebec kids got into Logan last night before whatever this was hit. Uh, whatever, what, before whenever it was this hit, sorry. Logan will be shut down, you're saying. But I think we'd have heard if they got in last night. Freer and Struck were keeping tabs on an FAA link ever since supper, Mario said. <laughs> Boys are looking to get exed by some slow-witted, hairy-legged foreign girls or what? <laughs> My guess is they're stuck up at Dorval. I bet CT is on the case even now. Get some sort of announcement at breakfast, probably. This was a clear opening for the darkness to do a quick CT impression, wondering aloud over the phone to the Quebecois coach whether he, CT, should press for them to charter ground transport from Montreal, or else rather urge them not to risk travel through the concavity in a storm in such a, a generous uh, in such a generous but disappointed gesture, the Quebecois would think bussing the 400 clicks to Boston in a blizzard was his own generous idea. CT wholly open, uh, opening all different psych strategies to the coach's inspection with the frantic ruffling sound of the coach's French-English dictionary loud in the phone's background. But Stice just sat there with his forehead against the glass. His bare feet were tapping some sort of rhythm on the floor. The hallway was freezing and his toes had a faint blue tinge. He blew air out of his lips in a tight sigh, making his fat cheeks flap a little. We called this his horse sound. Were you were you talking to yourself out here or chanting or what? A silence ensued. Heard this one joke, Stice said finally. Let's hear it. You want to hear it? I could use a quality laugh right now, Dark, I said. You too? Another silence ensued. Two different people were weeping at different pitches behind closed doors. A toilet flushed on the second floor. One of the weepers was nearly skirling, an inhuman keening sound. There was no way to tell which ETA mail it was, which door back down past the walls' curve. The darkness scratched the back of his head again without moving his head. His hands looked almost luminous against the black sleeves. There's these three statisticians gone duck hunting, he says. <laughs> he paused. They're like statisticians by trade. I'm with you so far. And they've gone off hunting duck, and they're hunkered down in the muck of a duck blind for hunting, in waders and hats and all, your top-of-the-line Winchester double-aughts, so on. And they're quacking into one of them kazoos duck hunters always quack into. Duck calls, I said. There you go. Stice tried to nod against the window. Well, and here comes this one duck come on flying by overhead. They're Cory, the object of their being out there. Damn straight, they're raisin debt and what have you. It's spelled raisin debt. Raisin, raisin as in the dried grape, and debt as in um, the national debt. What you what you owe someone? Yeah, they're raisin debt and what have you, and they're getting set to blast the son of a whore into feathers and goo. Stice said. 
feathers and goo. And the first is statistician. He brings up his Winnie and let's go. And the recoil goes and knocks him back on his ass, splat in the muck. And But he's missed the duck, just low, they saw. And so the second statistician, he up and fires then. And back he goes, too, on his ass, too. These Winnie's got a fucker of a recoil on them. And back on his ass, the second one goes from firing. And they see his shot goes just high. Misses the duck as well. Misses her just high. At which, and then, the third statistician commences to whooping and jumping up and down to beat the band, hollering, We got him, boys! We done got him! <laughs> someone was crying out in a bad dream, and someone else was yelling for quiet. I wasn't even pretending to laugh. Stice didn't seem to expect me to. He shrugged without moving his head. His forehead had not left once left the cold glass. I stood next to him in silence and held my NASA glass with the toothbrush and looked out over the top of Stice's head through the window's upper half. Is this a NASA glass what he drips his, his What he spits his tobacco, in? yeah. He puts his toothbrush in there? I guess. Maybe he... Uh, it, chewing tobacco is so disgusting. Bleh, I've never done it. No, never have no, I ever. I, I, I would not. Snooze? Snus? Snus? Yeah. Uh, do not want. <laughs> the snowfall was intense and looked silky. The East Court's pavilion's green canvas roof bowed ominously down, its white Gatorade logo obscured. A figure was out there, not under the shelter of the pavilion, but sitting in the bleachers behind the East Show Courts, leaning back with his elbows on one level and bottom on the next and feet stretched out below, not, wearing, not moving, wearing what seemed to be puffy and bright enough to be a coat, but getting buried by snow, just sitting there. It was impossible to tell the person's age or sex. Church spires off in Brookline were darkening as the sky lightened behind them. The beginning of dawn looked like moonlight through the snow. Several people were at their vehicles' windshields with scrapers down along Commonwealth Avenue. Their images were tiny and dark and fluttered. The avenue's line of buried parking cars, uh, parked, parked cars, looked like igloo after igloo, some sort of Eskimo tracked housing thing. It had never before snowed like this in mid-November. A snow-covered bee train labored uphill like a white slug. It seemed clear that the tea would be suspending roots before long. The snow and cold sunrise gave everything a confected quality. The portcullis between the driveway and the parking lot was half up, probably to keep it from being frozen closed. Portcullis. Mm -hmm. like that. I love that word. Yeah. I couldn't see who was in the portcullis' security booth. The attendants always came and went, most of them from the Ennett House place, trying to recover. The flagpole's two flags were frozen and stuck right, right out straight, turning stiffly from side to side in the wind like someone in a neck brace instead of flapping. The ETA physical post mailbox just inside the portcullis had a mohawk of snow. The whole scene had an indescribable pathos to it. Stice's fogged breath kept me from seeing anything closer than the mailbox and East Courts. The light was starting to diffract into colors at the perimeter of Stice's breath fog on the window. Shacked heard that joke down at the cranial face from some BU fellow with just terrible facial pain, he said. <laughs> Stice said. I'm going to go ahead and ask the question, D-Man. It's a statistics joke. You got to know your medials, means, and modes. <laughs> I get the joke, Orth. The question is, how come you've got your forehead all up against the window like that when your breath's keeping you from seeing anything? What are you trying to look at? And isn't your forehead getting kind of cold? Stice didn't nod. He made his horse sound again. He had always had the face of a fat man on a fit man's lean body. I hadn't noticed before that he had an odd little teardrop of extra flesh low down on his white jowl, like a bit of skin with mole aspirations. He said, The forehead stopped feeling cold a couple hours back when I lost all feeling in it. You've been sitting here with bare feet and your forehead against the glass for a couple hours? More like four, I think. I could hear a night custodial crew laughing and clanking a bucket right below us. 
Only one was laughing. It was Kenkel and Brandt. My next question's pretty obvious then, Orth. He gave another awkward shrug that didn't involve his head. Well, it's sort of embarrassing here, Ink, he said. He paused. It's stuck is what it is. <laughs> Your forehead's stuck to the window? Best as I can recollect, I wake up. It's just after 0100. Fucking coils having them discharged again. There's no sleeping through that, boy. I shudder to think, Orth. And Coyle, of course, doesn't even, hit, uh, j- doesn't even hit the light, just hauls out a fresh sheet from the stack under his bunk and goes right back to sewing logs, sawing logs. And I'm wide awake by this point in time, though, and then I couldn't get back under. Couldn't get back to sleep. Something's real wrong, I can tell, the darkness said. Pre-fundraiser nerves? The Whataburger coming up? You feel yourself starting to climb plateau, starting to play the way you came here hoping one day to play, and part of you doesn't believe it? It feels wrong? I went through this. Believe me, I can un... Stice automatically tried to shake his uh, his head and then gave a small cry of pain. Not that. None of that. Long fucking story. I'm not even sure I'd want anybody to believe it. Forget that part. The point is, uh, the point's I'm up there. I'm lying there real sweaty and hot and jittered. I jump on down and got a chair and bring it out here to set where it's cool. And where you don't have to lie there and contemplate Coyle's sheet slowly ripening under his bunk, I said, shuddering a little. And it's just starting to snow then, out. It's about maybe like, oh, 100. I thought how I just sat and watched the snow a little and settle on down and then go grab some sack down in the VR. He scratched at the reddening back of his scalp again. And as you watched, you rested your head pensively against the glass for just a second. And that was all she wrote. Forgot the forehead was sweated up. Whammo, kertwanged my own self. Just like remember when Raider and uh, them got Ingersoll to touch his tongue on that net post last New Year's? Stuck here fucking tight as that tongue, Hal. Hell of a lot more stuck to, uh, area, too, than Ingersoll. He only did lose that smidgen off the tip. <laughs> Ink, I tried to pull her off here about 0230, and there was this fucking sound. This sound and a feeling like the skin will give before the bind will, sure. Frozen stuck. And this here's more skin than I care to say goodbye to, buddy. Buddy, buddy rough. <laughs> he was speaking just above a whisper. Jesus, and you've been sitting here all this time. Well, shit, I was embarrassed. And it never got quite bad enough to yell out. I kept thinking, if it gets a little worse, I'll go on and yell out. And then along about 03, I quit feeling the forehead altogether. You've just been sitting here waiting for someone to happen along, chanting quietly to keep up your courage. <laughs> I was just praying like hell it wouldn't be pemulous. <laughs> God only knows what that son of a horrid thing to do of me here. Do to me here all helpless and immobilated. And Trolch is sawing logs just inside that door there with his fucking mic and cable and ambitions. I've been praying he don't wake up. And let's don't even mention that son of a bitch freer. I looked at the door. But that's Axe Handle's single. What would Trolch be doing sleeping in Axe Handle's room? Ortho shrugged. Trust that I'd have plenty of time to listen and identify folks' snores, Inc. I looked from Stice to Axford's door and back. So you've just been sitting here listening to sleep noises and watching your breath expand and freeze on the window, I said. Imagining it seemed somehow unendurable, me just sitting there, stuck, well before sunrise, alone, too embarrassed to call out, my own exhalations fouling the window and denying me even a view to divert attention from the horror. I stood there horrified, admiring the darkness's ballsy calm. There was a kind of real bad half hour when my upper lip up and got stuck too, in the breath, when the breath froze. But I breathed the sucker loose. I breathed real hot and fast. Goddamn near hyper-V'd. I was scared if I passed out, I'd slump on forward and the whole face would get stuck. Goddamn forehead's bad enough. 
put my toothbrush and NASA glass down on the cantilevered vent mod- module. Rooms' vents were recessed, hallway vents protrusive. ETA's annular heating system produced a lubricated hum I had stopped really hearing years ago. The headmaster's house still had oil heat. It always sounded like a maniac was hammering at the pipes far below. Dark, prepare yourself mentally, I said. I'm going to help pull you loose. Stice didn't seem to hear this. He seemed oddly preoccupied for a man occlusively sealed to a frozen window. He was feeling at the back of his head with real vigor, which is what he did when he was preoccupied. You believe in shit, Hal? Shit? I don't know. Little kid shit. Teleconniption. Ghost. Parabnormal shit. Just going to get around behind you and yank and we'll pop you right off, I said. No, get hot water poured over the, uh, the window. Yep. Somebody did come by before, he said. There was somebody standing back there about maybe an hour back. But he just stood there. Then he went away. Or it. A full body shiver. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ghostly. Ghosts. I'm getting uh I'm getting real these real unpleasant memories of that uh oh wait. Oh sorry. Uh it'll be like that last little bit of ankle tape. We'll pull you back so hard and fast you won't feel a thing. I'm getting these real unpleasant memories of that piece of Ingersoll's tongue on Nine's net post that stayed there till spring. Ew. This is no saliva and sub-zero metal situation, Dark. This is some freakish occlusive seal. Glass doesn't conduct heat like metal conducts heat. There ain't too, mu- there ain't too fucking much heat involved in this window right here, Buddy Ruff. And I'm not sure what you mean paranormal. I believed in vampires when I was small. Himself allegedly used to see his father's ghost on stairways sometimes. Uh But then again, toward the end, he used to see Black Widow spiders in his hair, too, and claimed I wasn't speaking sometimes when I was sitting right there speaking to him. So we kind of wrote it all off. Orth, I guess I don't know what to think about paranormal shit. That's the... That's the beginning, right? He's speaking, but he can't be heard? Mm. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, plus, I think something bit me. On the back of the head here, some bug that knew I was helpless and couldn't see. Stice dug again at the red area behind his ear. There was a there was a kind of weltish bump there. It wasn't in a vampire area related area of the neck. And good old Mario says he's seen paranormal figures and he's not kidding. And Mario doesn't lie, I said. So belief-wise, I don't know what to think. Subhedronic particles behave ghostishly. I think I withhold all prejudgment on the whole thing. Well, all right then. It was good it was you who come by then. The big thing's going to be to stiffen the old neck, Dark, to avoid whiplash. We'll pull you off there like a cork from a bottle of Moet. <laughs> pull my sorry ass off here, Ink, and I'll take and show you some paranormal shit that'll shake your personal tree but good, Stice said, bracing. N- n- said nothing to nobody but Lyle about it, and I'm sick of the secretness of it. You won't preformulize any judgments, Ink, I know. Oh, the size is the one who has had his furniture rearranged in his room. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, got it. But he hasn't told anybody yet. Okay. Is he telling Hal now? Yeah. He's, he want, he's going to. He said he wants to. You're going to be fine, I said. I got right behind Stice and bent slightly and got an arm around his chest. His wooden chair creaked as I braced my knee against it. Stice began breathing fast and hard. His parotidic jowls flapped a little as he breathed. Our cheeks were almost pressed together. I told him I was going to pull on the count of three. I actually pulled on two, so he couldn't brace himself. I pulled back as hard as I could, and after a stutter of resistance, Stice pulled back with me. There was a horrible sound. The skin of his forehead distended as we yanked his head back. 
It stretched and distended until a sort of shelf of stretched forehead flesh, half a meter long, extended from his head to the window. The sound was like some sort of elastic from hell. The dermis of Stice's forehead was still stuck fast, but the abundant loose flesh of Stice's bulldog face had risen and gathered to stretch and connect his head to the window. And for a second, I saw what might be considered Stice's real face, his features as they would be, if not encased in loose, jowly prairie flesh. As every millimeter of spare flesh was pulled up, uh, to, pulled up to his forehead and stretched, I got a glimpse of Stice at his, as he would appear after a radical facelift, a narrow, fine-featured, and slightly rodential face, aflame with some sort of revelation, looked out the window from beneath the pink visor of stretched spare skin. Half a meter? It's on his... That's a foot and a half quite a lot of flesh uh he's on this is on uh this is on some looney tune shit shit. yeah this is on some looney tune shit all of this took place in less than a less than second uh maybe it's less than a second for just an instance we both stayed there straining backward listening to the little rice crispy sound of his skin's collagen bundles stretching and popping (laughs) his chair was leaning way back on its two rear legs then stice shrieked in pain jesus god put it back (laughs) The little second face's blue eyes protruded like cartoon eyes. The fine little thin-lipped second mouth was a round coin of pain and fear. Put it back, put it back, put it back, Stice yelled. I couldn't just let go, though, for fear that the elastic stretch would snap Stice forward into the window and send his face through the glass. I eased him forward, watching the chair's front legs descend slowly to the floor, and the tension of the forehead's skin decreased, and Stice's full, fleshy, round face reappeared over the small second face and covered it, and we eased him forward until nothing but a few centimeters of decollagenated forehead skin hanging and sagging at about eyelash level remained as evidence of the horrific stretch. Jesus God, Stice panted. You are really and truly stuck, Orth. Fuck me skating, did that ever hurt? I tried to rotate a kink out of my shoulder. We're going to have to thaw it off, Dark. You're not getting close to this forehead with a saw, bud. I'll set right cheer till spring first. See if I don't. Then Jim Trolch's towering AM cowlick and then face and fist emerged through Axford's doorway just over Stice's hunched shoulder. Stice had been right. Being in somebody else's room even after lights out was an infraction. Staying there overnight was too far out even to mention in the regulations. Reports of screaming have reached us here in the Eyewitness News Center, Trolch said into his fist. <laughs> the fuck out of here, Trolch, Stice said. Thaw ortho, warm water, heat the window, hot water, dissolve the adhesion, heating pad, hot pack from Loach's office or something. Loach's door can't be dickied, Stice said. Don't wake him up on fundraiser day yet. Trolch extended the fist. Reports of high-pitched screams had led this reporter to an unfolding scene of dramatic crisis, and we're going to attempt to get a word with the youngster at the center of all the commotion. Tell him to pipe down and get back with that hand or so help me Jesus how. (laughs) The darkness accidentally put his forehead against the window here when it was wet, and it froze, and he's been out here stuck all night, I told Trolch, ignoring the big fist he'd held to my face. I squeezed Stice's shoulder. I'll go get Brant to rig something warm. It was as if some tacit agreement had been reached not even to bring up Trolch's being in Axford's room or where Axford was. It was hard to know which would be more disturbing, Axford not being in his room all night or Axford being in there behind the ajar door, meaning Trolch and Axford had both spent the night in one small single with exactly one bed. The universe seems to have aligned, seemed to have aligned itself so that even acknowledging it would violate some tacit law. 
Trold seemed oblivious to any appearance of impropriety or unthinkable possibilities. It was hard to imagine he'd be this obnoxious if he felt he'd had something to be discreet about. He was standing on tiptoe to see over the window's breath line, one hand cupped over his ear, as if to hold a headset. He whistled softly. Plus, in addition now, reports of mind-boggling snowfall are coming into the news center. <laughs> I grabbed my toothbrush and NASA glass from the vent's protrusion. Since the beetle caper, which takes us to endnote 352, B-E-T-E-L. Um, Betel? Betel? B-E-T-E-L. Is that Betel? Betel caper. And 352. Okay, reference to January, February, YDAU, when person or persons unknown went around coding select toothbrushes of the boys and girls' 16s with what was finally pinpointed as betel nut extract, causing panic and internecine finger pointing and resulting in serial oxidation treatment uh, visits to Dr. E. Zagarelli DDS by half a dozen ETAs until the brush tamperings ceased as suddenly as they'd begun. And now nine months later, no one still has the slightest idea re-perpetrator or point. Betel nut? I think that it would stain stain, stain it. Stain teeth? Uh, re- reading between the lines, anyway. Uh, since Back to the text. Since the betel caper, only the worst kind of naive leaves his toothbrush unattended around ETA. Keep an eye on Stice and my NASA glass right there, Jim, if you would. Any comment on the mixture of pain, cold, embarrassment, and weather-related feelings you must be feeling, Mr. Stice, is it? Don't leave me immobilated with Trolch, man, Hal. He's going to make me talk to his hand. Weather-related drama unfolding around the original plight of an embarrassed man trapped by his own forehead, Trolch was saying into his fist, facing his own reflection in the window, trying with the other big hand to quash the cowlick as I trotted and slid to a stop in my socks just past the door to the stairwell. Betel nut is a stimulant drug, which means it speeds up the... Uh, the seed is separate from the outer layer of the fruit may be used fresh, dried, boiled, baked, roasted, or cured. It is... Uh, you... Uh, the betel quids, the most common uh, method of using betel nut is to slice it in strips and roll it in betel leaf with soaked lime powder, crushed seashells. Uh, this leaf package is known as betel quid, betel nut chew, betel chew. It's uh, appears to be one of those, uh, like the cocoa leaves. Natural like, uh, stimulant. Yeah, like a South American uh, nut or something that you use to stimulate. A, sti- a stimulating plant uh, left as an unexplained prank that's got pemulus written all over it. Yes. Uh, I'd like to chew some betel nut. <laughs> can Listen, cool. Listeners, if you can send me some betel nut, uh, get in touch. Uh, they should make um a betel betel juice. Betel juice, betel chews. Betel juice as a uh, Red Bull con- uh, yeah. A competitor. Yeah. Kenkel and Brandt were ageless in the special desiccated way janitors are ageless, somewhere between thirty-five and sixty. <laughs> they were inseparable and essentially unemployable. Boredom had years ago led us to lateral Alice Moore's minimally crypto-protected employee files, and Brandt's file had listed his SBIQ as submoronic to moronic. He was bald and somehow at once overweight and wiry. Both left and right temples carried red, jagged surgical scars of unknown origin. His affective range consisted of different intensities of grin. He lived with Kenkel in an attic apartment in Roxbury Crossing, overlooking Madison Park High School's locked and cordoned playground, famed site of unsolved ritual mutilations in the year of the Purdue Wonder Chicken. His major attraction for Kenkel seemed to consist in the fact that he neither walked away nor interrupted when Kenkel was speaking. Even in the stairwell, I could hear Kenkel discoursing on their Thanksgiving plans and directing Brant's mop work. 
Kankel was technically black, as in Negroid, though he was more the burnt sienna color of a spoiled pumpkin. But his hair was a black person's hair, and he wore it in thick dreadlocks that looked like a crown of wet cigars. Jesus. <laughs> an, academic, uh, an academic diamond in the very rough Roxbury Crossing, he'd received his doctorate in low-temperature physics from UMass at 21 and taken a prestigious sinecure at the U.S. Office of Naval Research. Then, at 23, had been court-martialed out of the ONR for offenses that changed each time you asked him. Some event between 21 and 23 seemed to have broken him at several strategic points, and he'd retreated from Bethesda back to the front stoop of his old Roxbury Crossing apartment building, where he read Baha'i texts, whose jackets he covered with intricately folded newspaper, and spat spectacular parabolas of quivering phlegm into New Dudley Street. He was dark, freckled, and carbuncular, and afflicted with excess phlegm. How are we doing on time? Uh, we are at 32. I, I'm sorry. It's New Year's Day. My attention is flagging to this. It's a bit, it's a bit of a, um, uh, so I would not mind, uh, calling it a little early if yeah. we get to a stopping point. Uh, there's like two pages left in the segment. All right. Let's get, let's plow through. It, I'm doing the silly janitorial yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh Lord. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was an incredible spitter and alleged his missing incisors had been removed for facilitating the expectoratory process. We all suspected he was either hypomanic or drin addicted or both. His expression was very serious at all times. He discoursed nonstop to poor Brandt, using spit as a sort of conjunction between clauses. He spoke loudly because they both wore earplugs of expanding foam. People's nightmare cries gave them the fantods. Their custodial technique consisted of Kankel spitting with pinpoint accuracy onto whatever surface Brandt was to clean next, and Brandt trotting like a fine hunting dog from glob to glob, listening and grinning, laughing when appropriate. They were moving away from me down the hall toward the second floor's east window, Brandt making great shining arcs with his doll's head mop, Kankel pulling the gunmetal bucket and lobbing signifying phlegm over Brandt's bent back. And then the Yuletide season, Brandt, my friend Brandt, Christmas, Christmas morning. What is the essence of Christmas morning but the childish coeval of venereal interface for a child? A present, Brandt. Something you have not earned and which formerly was out of your possession is now in your possession. Can you sit there and try to say there is no symbolic relation between unwrapping a Christmas present and undressing a young lady? <laughs> Brandt bobbed and mopped, uncertain whether to laugh. Himself had met Kankel and Brandt on the tee. Kankel and Brandt apparently rode the tee at night recreationally, <laughs> trying somehow to make it up to Enfield from the back bay via <coughs> the Orange Line, which takes us to Endnote 353, which runs not to Enfield Brighton, but to Roxbury and Mattapan, places where it is very bad nighttime joss indeed to be both white and incapacitated. <laughs> now I'm going to call it because my I have a tickle in my throat. I don't think it's gonna get any better. Uh, you can't read anymore. All right, let's 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 abort. Uh, I need to talk about phlegm. I need some. Do you need some water? I've got no. Some I've got soda. I've got my juice. Riff. Riff. Okay. Uh, I think that there is uh something about uh being involuntarily stuck in a uh sensationless position uh that Hal might find uh vaguely attractive. Especially if you're trying to detox, like literally being uh, suctioned to a window that you can't even see out of uh, without the ability to indulge in anything, you know? Right. It, how can you go smoke pot if you're... If you're fused to a window. It, it also reminds me of the Don Gately wish. Um, a, a, a common theme, I guess you could say. Remember when Don Gately was so unbelievably freaked out by how... Um, 
the tenets of AA were like being delivered to him that he literally banged his head against a table and broke the table. I do not remember that, but yes. Again, it was probably like, <laughs> like a year ago. years ago. <laughs> anyway, just, just this idea that you're you're so f- you're so mind fucked that yeah. you literally just want to like bash your head against the wall. I mean, I'm sure at a certain point there is a, almost a, a perverse attractiveness to, of like going to prison to uh, get out of addiction. Just you like know? padding, just like Paddington Bear. Just like Paddington. <laughs> well, Don does not want to go to prison. Don does not want to go to prison, but you 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 know what I mean. Uh, there is, I'm I'm sure to a certain type type of person, it's like, well, I could just go to prison and and then I can't, I literally can't do any more substances. I'll didn't dry out. didn't Don say it was easier to get get substances inside than outside? I I get, I, I, I take your point though. Yeah, but, it's protect know, protect me from what I want. Yes, exactly. The, uh, the an allure of being trapped. Yeah. Uh, something like that. The hero of inaction. Yes. Again. Literally being forced to enact. Uh, just pointing out, because obviously there's a lot going on in that little section, but just recall uh, when Hal came up to Stice and Stice was like, are you crying? Oh, yes. We're getting hints of what ends up happening to him at the beginning of the book, which is that the way he thinks he is expressing himself is not how he is, is not how he and actually the, again, is. It, I, I was, th- cause that brought to mind the beginning of the book and then it's referenced later. Yeah. Is like, he, uh, himself saying, I can't hear you when he mm-hmm. is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sh- at this point in this book, I'm sure that it is, I, I'm guessing that it is not fully elucidated what is going on with, uh, uh, Hal, but you know, uh, curious the disconnect between oh, oh, and also okay, so it's those two hints: are you crying? And no, I'm not. And then the thing about uh himself saying that he can't hear him, mm-hmm. and we're in a shift of perspective into first pers- uh, person perspective. Yeah, we're in his Hal. own brain. So uh, yeah, a lot, a lot going on with uh perspective and being perceived. Mm-hmm. Yes, and also yeah, some things again are are swirling about this. Freak Blizzard. Um, mm-hmm. Hal sees a figure sitting out in the bleachers, like getting snowed on. Who could it be? Sit, uh, be stand, sitting particularly still uh, in order to be noticed. Perhaps that's his his own personal daddy. Uh, Stice saying that he saw like a go- an apparition. Par- the, yeah, in, parabnormal. A parabnormal figure in the uh, reflection of the window. Yeah. Whatever's going on with these janitors. Yeah. The. Di- the janitors, the I don't know. It reminds me of like I don't know. That's all. Pen and Teller, right? You got one yes. guy who won't won't shut the fuck up, and the other guy just like nods and smiles. Are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern Hamlet, or is that uh, Macbeth? Oh God, I thought maybe Hamlet. I think it's Hamlet, right? Yeah. We uh, really need to read the Hamlet. Yeah, we should. Maybe we should do Hamlet as a, as a uh, a palate cleanser after this. Yeah. Uh, Rosen, Krantz, Rosen, Krantz. Um, uh, um, in eleventh grade English, when we read Hamlet, uh, my teacher brought in a snack from that Trader Joe's carried at that time. Uh, that was like a caramel corn nut thing called Rosen Crunching Golden Pop. <laughs> Did you love it? Uh, yeah, it was really good. I don't know. If, uh. <laughs> Characters Hamlet. They are in Hamlet. They're okay. in Hamlet. So if uh, remind remind me of what they're what do they do? They're uh, just like around character characters who witness everything, and they like make little little, little comments, comments or whatever. Yeah. See, that's why Shakespeare is the fucking goat because he knows that even in something as heavy as Hamlet, you need 
some laughs. Yeah. Some 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 bloody laughs made. L A F F laughs. And then it it goes back to like you know Greek, yeah. Greek drama where you you can't just have a thing. You got to have people watching watching thing. it. Audience or like some guys y'all seeing this shit. Yeah, some guys on stage being like this this shit crazy. <laughs> uh, this is kind of an aside, but somebody was complaining um, on online the other day about going to uh, like a repertory cinema screenings of uh, movies. Okay. And uh, saying, I don't know if it's, a, th- their complaint was, I don't know if it's a new thing or or something, but uh, every time I go to a, a repertory screening of like a classic film, the audience is like cracking up the entire time. And I, f- I find it very frustrating and insulting to the cinema. Well, Eyes Wide Shut is not that funny. Or, you know, something yeah. like that. Like that. Uh, to which I would uh, reply, any great work of art is funny. Funny. Uh, and especially I think movies, uh, if, if things are well observed, they are funny, even if it is dramatic. And also, um, here's the thing. People laugh when they are entertained in any great movie. And even stimulated. Yes. Uh, there was a, it was a while. It was when Elvis came out. I can't remember. I not, I cannot remember who did this, but someone tweeted and they're like, well, this is a first for me. Uh, I got a complaint at Alamo draft house, uh, from a couple or from someone who was annoyed that I was laughing at Elvis, mm-hmm. even though the entire, the, the maximalist approach is designed to cause, to, to stimulate you. Yeah. yeah Laughter like- is an appropriate response to the fucking Elvis movie. Sorry. Have you seen that shit? To be, it, but it's also like, you know, even if it is a dramatic moment, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like dismissing things. And I think that that is what the, this person was saying was yeah. that they were, uh, they're complaining that everybody they they assumed that people are laughing because they're viewing it like ironically, ironically or like laughing at like the the like shoddy construction of of earlier movies or whatever. But I I really don't think that that is the thing that's coming across. I think it is people being titillated by the cinema, titillated by the cinema. And I don't mean titillated, you know, in the in like a um perverse corny. Uh, no, no. What's the 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 word? Um, that I'm looking for, you know, when something is like low market or uh, oh, uh, tawdry, tawdry, yes, or like it's, I, I don't think being titillated in a tawdry sense, but titillated in the most literal sense of, of like, oh wow, look, this this art form is is uh, producing an emotional reaction for me that is not tears, mm-hmm. and if it's not tears, what is it? It's laughter. It's that. It's that. Uh, uh that mask. We those the pair of masks mask that we all know and love. Yeah. Are you? Is the movie making you happy <laughs> through its effect? Yeah. Yes. Then you might have a laugh. You might have a laugh, or you might cry. Anyway, that's my. That's my. You might have a sensible it. chuckle. A sensible chuckle. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I. I. I don't have much more in the tank for this. Again, it's. Uh. It's New Year's Day. Have you ever been stuck? Uh. To a cold thing. I don't think so. I've I feel like I've gotten close like I've got had some close calls uh with like you know I I'm not I'm not going to oh is that my phone Yeah why do you have an alarm set for 407 I, I, I think I might have hit it by Oh wait no it's the ham it's oh, the, the ham the hot, hot, ham water? It's hot ham water is done Okay our, Molly's ham broth ham broth is done I I'm currently boiling um a bone in a pri- in a, a sort bone. of primitive way a ham bone um so that it might create a hot ham water to base a stock upon. Um, very the hot exciting. ham water is the stock, and then you're going to turn it into pea soup. Yeah, yeah. Split pea soup. Not Split black-eyed. Soup. Sorry, I don't... Um, I know black-eyed peas are the traditional New Year's good luck. 
And uh, I prefer split, split. Tonight's gonna be a good, good night. All right. Well, you got to go take care of your broth, and then we got to go watch Babylon. Yeah. Speaking of movies that will hopefully uh, titillate in some yes. way, and hopefully exactly. there are at least. I, I'm gonna be hit. laughing at Babylon. Get ready for me, bitch. Laughing at Babylon sounds like a novel title from oh, the or, late 1980s. Uh, like a Joan Didion. Yeah, story, laugh, story. laugh, slouch, <laughs> slouching toward Bethlehem, laughing, laughing at, at Babylon. Babylon. <laughs> okay, slouching towards Bethlehem, <laughs> laughing at Babylon. Right. Um, oh God, this is a little bit of a toss-off one, but we got to get th- we got to get through some of these uh, chunks yeah. toward the end. Well, we are so we are all almost at a hundred pages to the finish line, which is shocking. Yes, that could be like ten or eleven episodes. Again, one twenty-five. Yeah, I've always claimed this is going to be about one hundred twenty-five episodes. Thanks for hanging in there. Uh, anyway, happy New Year's, guys. Uh, three, four years of doing the show: 2020, 2021, 2021, 2022, 2023. Booyah! Booyah! Bye. Bye.